Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Dr. Robin Rose. She is a board certified specialist in gastroenterology and internal medicine. She takes pride in addressing the root cause in all her patients through the practice of precision medicine. At her practice called Terrain Health, she creates a treatment plan unique to your biochemical and diet and lifestyle needs. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian and helped my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Welcome, Dr. Robin. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you guys. Likewise. Likewise. So tell us right off the bat, we want to know what really got you to go from conventional medicine to natural medicine. What drew you in that direction? You know, it was funny when I first came out of my fellowship, my training, and I started working as a conventional gastroenterologist, I never was so keen on let's give a pill for every L. Like it always mm-hmm. bothered me. And so initially when I started working with my patients, even though I wasn't taught this in medical school or training, I really started to, you know, counsel on nutrition and also learned a lot about probiotics and, you know, helping to restore Um, health to the gut microbiome. So I literally sat up for probably hundreds of hours reading like a pile of, you know, research this, this high, trying to understand the gut microbiome and how these probiotics can change our health, you know, from just even studying kids and adults and showing that when they took the right probiotics, that they had less days of school miss, less days of sickness, less days of fever, that that's how powerful it it was. And that our gut microbiomes have really been, it's dynamic, but from epigenetics and how we adapt to the world around us and react to the world around us, that gut microbiome is always changing, right? And that health is distorted and destroyed in many people, the vast majority of us, because unless you're a cow that lives in a bubble and eats grass all day, you're going to have some sort of like gut dysbiosis and leaky gut. So at any rate, I wound up getting into this probiotic space. I had a partner because I started using this really good pharmaceutical grade probiotic. Mm -hmm. I was having great results with it. My 50 year old partners who, you know, they were both men and they were like, what are you doing? And then they started using (laughs) it because they saw I was having such great results. And then what happened was the company, the pharmaceutical company got bought out by a dermatological company. So the GI stuff sort of went to the wayside and the marketing director for the gas, for the GI stuff, we had become friends and he's like, oh, do you want to make a probiotic? And I said, sure. Right. And he's like, I'll do the business side of it and you do the science side of it. And literally for two years, we had like everything patented with everything ready to go. And tragically, he passed. Like he was, he had a sudden heart attack. So sad, young guy. And then, like, I tabled it, you know, I shelved it, whatever you want to say. And, you know, I always regret, you know, I always regret. And then I, and then I start going on with my life and getting a busier and busier practice. And I say I practice McMedicine, seeing 30 patients every day. McMedicine. (laughs) Yeah. 
it's so sad, right? I didn't toy. I, I stole that. Like that's that term gets thrown around. Oh, really? um, <laughs> I've never heard it, it. It is Nick Medicine. It's so sad. And and then I started, you know, I like at, early in my career, I had three kids, four and under two. So here I was like burning the burning the candlestick at both ends. And I started to suffer with my own issues, like GI issues, you know, anxiety, you know, all these crazy things. And I just didn't want to take the SSRI of the month anymore. I really wanted to like heal myself. And I was burned and I was depressed because I Mm. felt like I became a doctor to really heal people. And I wasn't doing that. I was just really like name it, blame it, team it, giving a pill for every ill. It just was so not, it was so unrewarding. It was so unrewarding. Yeah. Right. And so I literally went back to met to school to learn all the things I never learned in medical school. I mean, literally, I mean, to the point understanding biochemistry, pathophysiology, um, nutritional science, all of these things that we don't learn and we don't even scratch the surface. And I couldn't get enough of it. You know, I couldn't really, I'd be up to like two or three in the morning learning this stuff. My husband was like, you're crazy. But I had such a big why, you know, and and I, I just kept going, going, going. And then I finally, mid COVID, in the middle of COVID, I sort of just like, you know, I'm like, hang, I'm going from trapeze to trapeze. And one day I just was like, I let go and I go, it's going to be okay. And I got to go do this. And I opened up Terrain Health and I've never looked back. And I'm so happy and blessed to be able to practice this type of medicine. That um, takes so much guts to to study endocrinology. I mean, gastroenterology is so hard Mm -hmm. and endocrinology for years and years and years, go to medical school, double board certified, and then just say, what did I do? I have to go back to school and learn something else. Another branch of this to to really add on and layer it. I'm sure both together really create such a dynamic, um, practice for you at Terrain Health? Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel blessed that I have the conventional and the the conventional background and the training, right? Because there's always a time and place for, you know, prescriptions and, and yes. conventional medicine, of course, but to be able to heal people this way and really understand, like really go after, you know, practice what's called root cause analysis and really understand what's happening to people and you know, you're like a detective, right? And you want to be able to understand all these things. And then, you know, as I started going down this path, I then started going down all these different rabbit holes, right? And understanding genomics and understanding epigenetics and understanding, really understanding the gut microbiome to its core, you know, because it's such a fast evolving field and there's just so much to know. And, you know, it's so funny because, I always say it's so it's so crazy to me that my conventional my colleagues my the conventional doctors you they're beautiful people they're amazing and they've done so much work to get where they are but you're literally living in this bubble right of yeah. just trying to get through the day and see all these patients and it's all about sick care right and you don't know what you don't know and I was one of those doctors and what's and it's so insane because here we are here all the 99% of medicine is here. And then yet there's all of this advanced testing, medical wearable device devices, medical science technology evolving at like rapid pace, like it lightning speed. And yet mm-hmm. nobody knows like, and so once you get there, you have to, you know, cap, you know, really keep up, 
you know, to even yeah. keep up with that's going. But I find it so I like insane that yet nobody knows about it. And it's yet it's evolving so fast. So, you know, we're lucky that we're all in that space, right. To understand this. Like I feel blessed. Um, right. Do this. We're lucky to have found you to, you know, <laughs> show to everyone who's listening to our podcast that when you choose your doctor, make sure that they have the background that you're looking for and the investigative personality that you want because PCOS is so complex and constantly evolving. And I feel like conventional medicine is very behind on treating PCOS. So it's really important to really investigate who your doctor is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess related to that, how have you found or like have you come across a lot of PCOS patients in your in your new practice? And how have you found the gut gut microbiome to affect PCOS patients? We have a lot of PCOS patients, and we go after restoring health and balance to the gut microbiome because we know there's such a huge, you know, gut hormone connection, gut metabolic connection, and so on and so forth. And you guys had mentioned earlier, there's, you know, an insulin resistance you know, type PCOS. And there's also more just like of a gut um, driven PCOS. So, and, but I do think it's almost like a triangular relationship. I think all of those sort of interplay with each other. And so, you know, trying to identify specific things about the gut microbiome and looking at um, different metabolomics and metabolites and so on and so forth, so that then we can extrapolate that and apply it to what's going on with them clinically. That's super important. And then like layering that with the blood work, right? And looking at what their insulin levels are, their A1C, their fasting glucose, and plus other uh, hormones and metabolites that are playing a role, um, all super duper important. So, you know, I love, I love getting my hands on the PCOS patients because we can treat them so differently than the conventional world can. Yeah. And I think like the gut health, gut microbiome is such a new, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's for, for a long time, we didn't understand how complicated the gut health is and how much, an, how much of an effect it has on your overall health as a person. Like I've heard just in the last 10, 15 years, new research being developed about how it can actually affect your brain health, how there's actually like neurotransmitters now being f- found in the, in the stomach and how like probiotics or the, the the basically the gut microbiome that's found in there can affect your happiness or just uh, your mental clarity as well. So it's so funny because I, I have a saying, I always say all roads lead to and from the gut. So we mm-hmm. now know that that gut microbiome and the trillions of organisms living there really vastly control our health, our immune health, our metabolic health, our brain health. There is such a strong gut brain connection. It's insane. And it, and they, it talks to each other through the vagus nerve, right? Which many people have an impaired, you know, vagal, vagal response, which is another whole discussion for another day, but (laughs) that's really important. And actually the vast majority of our neurotransmitters are found in the gut compared to the brain and the bi-directional communication between the gut and the brain Actually, when you look at it, the gut is talking to the brain much more extensively than the than vice versa than the brain talking to the gut, and that's all been teased out. And there's a lot of uh, literature behind that as well. So, yeah. Do you think that that is interrelated with PCOS? I think, yeah. I think when you talk about the uh, right, let's go there. So when you talk about the gut brain connection, the signaling right of what's happening, because if you have this chronic low-grade inflammatory response that then is by coming from the gut, right? That is then triggering 
signaling issues like from inflammation in the brain and how your hypo your that HPA axis, how your hypothalamic thalamus pituitary talk to your adrenals. I think your adrenals is doing a lot, is driving a lot of the the pathology in PCOS, right? Right. Because we know that, you know, your adrenals trump your hot thyroid, which trumps your sex hormones or your, your ovaries. Right. So that communication, there's a dysregulation, right? So by going after, again, like you said, the root cause and restoring Mm -hmm. health balance and then lowering, you know, getting rid of leaky gut, dampening the chronic immune inflammation that's occurring. I think that then it has this good downstream positive effect on all these things. I love the way you explain that because we always talk about trying to go gluten and dairy free and seeing how that impacts your overall symptoms because of the way it triggers chronic inflammation and creates this environment in your gut that has a negative impact on your brain, on your hypothalamus, which controls all your hormones. And then overall your stress hormones end up going up because you're chronically inflamed from constantly eating inflammatory foods. That's right. And from a physiology standpoint, you know, cortisol and glucose go together, right? So when your cortisol is persistently elevated and your body thinks it's running from a white saber tooth tiger 24 seven, and you're in that sympathetic, you know, overload, guess what's going glucose. So then your glucose levels are staying elevated and then your, your, your receptors are becoming desensitized to insulin, right? So that's where that insulin uh, resistance comes from and Mm -hmm. that you can extrapolate to PCOS. So all of what you're saying is a thousand percent correct. And it's all connected. It's all connected. I mean, we need to (laughs) shout it from the rooftops because conventional medicine has not kept up with this kind of research. And it frustrates me a lot. And I'm really glad, you know, we're talking about this right now because it's something that really like gets me because if you just use critical thinking and you see how inflammation can trigger uh, high stress hormone and cortisol, and that triggers high blood sugar, then you can see how gluten and dairy, two of the most inflammatory foods can be related to PCOS, which has everything to do with glucose and cortisol. That's right. I'm glad you brought that up again, because everyone always thinks like, oh, dairy-free or gluten-free, that's just the fad. Mm -hmm. It's not. It actually, there are so many studies supporting how even people that aren't sick, every time you eat gluten, it impacts what's called your toll-like, your TLR, your toll-like receptor four, you know, and there's this sort of low-grade inflammatory response every time, every time you eat it. And it just depends like, epigenetically, like where you are. Right. And so like, like, it's like the bucket theory, right? So your bucket might be only halfway full or maybe it's three quarter. And then one day the last drop sort of spills over and that's why it's really then affecting you. Right. So it depends like just where you are on that spectrum. And so giving yourself gluten and especially in the United States where we know Roundup is so toxic and Like, and that's part, that's triggering a lot of this, you know, I feel like this reactivity that's happening, um, especially with the gluten products. And then on top of that, you have dairy, which is really like cow's milk protein, like casein and that A1 protein, which is highly inflammatory um, to the gut, the gut microbiome and to the, and to that, and to that intestinal barrier as well. So 
everything you're, you know, there's a reason I always say to my, it's not just because it's not just because it's cool to go gluten-free and dairy-free. There's really something happening at a biochemical level, at a cellular level that's causing these problems. And it's through these foods that you're eating. Right. So what do we have to do to get everyone to understand <laughs> Someone it's please just, tell talking, me talking more about it and doing podcasts. Like yeah, we this. just have to keep talking about it. And people, there's so many people that want to take care of themselves this way now, you know, and, and yeah. they understand the importance of going gluten-free and or dairy-free or right or one or the other, at least, um, or at least taking baby steps in that direction. And it's just, and, yeah, you're right. We just have to keep talking about it. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d inositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. And besides gluten and dairy, are there any other foods that you look out for when you're treating your patients, like doing some sort of a sensitivity test or any, any sort of test to see like if they should cut out certain foods to help improve their gut microbiome? Yeah. So some patients, depending on how they present, what's going on with them, especially our autoimmune patients, like we'll put them on an autoimmune protocol diet. I'm sure you know that, know about that. Or like, listen, some people are all in, like they're in it to win it, right? And they'll do a full elimination diet, but some people can't. And so understanding what they're reacting to more when you do that full elimination diet and then being able to, you know, slowly reintroduce each allergen at a time or antigenic mm. food at a time is so helpful if the person can do it, right? I love if we if we can do that. I do find soy is extremely reactive. I, mm. I don't, I'm not opposed to soy, but my patients that want to eat soy, I always say like, make sure it's non-GMO organic, you know, as long as it's like not contaminated, it should be fine. But that's the problem too, in this country, the soy is so contaminated. So that's like another, uh, food that I feel like really bothers people. And, you know, a lot of people are very reactive to it. Okay. So, so it could be a big one or something that you see yeah, just uh, as long as, yeah, you got to just get them to buy the right type, you know, and the yeah. problem is especially vegans that, you know, consume a lot of soy, they have to be careful about reading the label and seeing what type of soy they're putting into their body. You know, you just have yeah. to be careful. So yeah. it should be organic and, and non-GMO. Non yeah. yeah. And I'm so curious about your, your take on probiotics as well, because I was just going to ask that. Yeah. Cause something um, like 10 years ago, I started taking probiotics before like anybody was really taking them before uh -huh. they got, I guess, yeah. quote unquote popular. And people would be yeah. like, what is that? Like, what are you taking? And I'm curious, is there a certain probiotics you recommend? Because I also know that you need to do some sort of a test to know what, what, uh, which of the ones you really need to take the right probiotic as well, correct? What should a PCS yeah. woman look for when looking for a probiotic? Yeah. 
Yeah. So it depends. Yeah. <laughs> like if they do, they do some, you know, you know, good cutting edge gut microbiome testing. Like I can talk to you about this company I'm working with now that uh, PCOS uh, patients should totally take advantage of. Um, but in general, um, once you see what imbalances you have, right, there's like, you know, in the phylum and then down to the species level, then you can intervene in such a way so that you know which species you want to re-inoculate with. A lot of the soil-based organisms are great because, well, you know, a lot of probiotics, I, you know, they're like tourists. They sort of just like pass by. But why I think people get better is because the actual metabolites from the, that the probiotics are producing is what's helping heal the gut and helping, you know, basically restore, you know, certain species to start growing and like thriving and surviving again. Um, you know, you could give a, a, a regular, like sort of broad-based probiotic that, you know, you know, is like well-made and so on and so forth. I definitely don't think it's not beneficial, but I do think it's really food first getting those high fiber foods, complex carbs, resistant starches to get the gut microbiome and those, and those good keystone commensal organisms to start growing again. So you mm. get, so you crowd out the pathogens, but the probiotics, prebiotics, postbiotics, all of those things will help, I guess, maybe get you to the finish line a little faster, but I do like the soil-based organisms. Microgenesis, who I'm partnering with right now, where we are working with the infertility space. And we could talk more about that if you guys want. Um, yeah. It's interesting because I do feel that their test, which, which leverages what's called microRNAs technology. And we could talk a little bit about that. They're really able to map the microbiome in such a way to really understand like with these different phenotypes. Right. And they, like I said, it's been a culmination of 15 years of research and women that have PCOS would do great with this type of testing because it's layering the inflammatory bi biomarkers, you know, your secretory IgA, which is super important for your immune system and immune inflammation, um, and also what's happening in that biome, like what's happening in the gut microbiome that's being mirrored in the vaginal biome. And they have specifically isolated phenotypes for PCOS with this test. And so then the women that have PCOS, if they if, if it's causing infertility per se, but even people that want to just get rid of it, because we believe that this test can be used for all chronic diseases, not just PCOS, they can then figure out what's going on. And then their phenotype is matched to a specific treatment that can help basically give them back and re-inoculate them with the right organisms that they're missing from their gut that then will impact that in that the inflammation and the inflammatory biomarkers that are elevated. Oh, so great. to break that down, basically they take this test and it shows them what's missing, what probiotics are missing in their gut, what's missing in their gut. And then based on that result, they're able to know what supplements to take or what, what? probiotics yeah. to take. Essentially. Yeah. So you want me to, so basically here's how it goes. It's an at-home test, right? It comes, it gets delivered to your house and you basically do a swab a vaginal swab. So you're, you're understanding what the vaginal biome looks like. You're doing a blood spot. So like a little prick, you know, and then you put the blood on the, on the cardboard and then you're also taking a saliva collection. So the saliva is looking at your IG, your secretory IGA, which is super duper important in your gut health and leaky gut. 
um, and your immune health overall. And then it's also looking at the balance of what's going on in your vaginal biome, what species are growing, overgrowing, what species are absent. And that's a direct reflection of what's happening in your gut microbiome. Okay. And then that's also layered with the blood spot, which shows a specific inflammatory biomarkers like your LDL cholesterol, your insulin level, you know, there's a, is a handful that we're looking at. And then that's layered together. You know, like I said, this has been studied for 15 years to understand what your phenotype is. What is mm. there's, there's 64 different variations that the researchers have identified. And then based on whatever gut variation you have or gut microbiome variation is being expressed through this testing, then it's paired to a specific treatment program. The restoration is 75 days. It's a 75 day program and the restoration is pretty easy. So it's four, it's four things. So it's supplements and the supplements. So no probiotics, let's start with probiotics. So the probiotics based on your phenotype and what species you're missing we're giving you these specific probiotics to re-inoculate you with those gut uh, bacteria that you need, that you were missing. And then that's paired with a specific nutrition plan because the nutrition plan that they've studied is what boosts the basically uh, survival and getting these species to thrive and replicate. Okay. And then, um, then you're on specific supplements that are more based off of your inflammatory biomarkers, you know, and these supplements could, you know, it could be anywhere from, you know, B complex, vitamin D, selenium, like all, like it depends what your phenotype is. You can be taking three vitamins or six vitamins. It depends. And then that, that supplement plan is then directly correlated um, and paired with a specific movement program mm. because the movement program or exercise program, which it's not like, crazy, ridiculous. So don't worry. <laughs> and then that program is basically that's there. The exercise or the movement is basically going to going to boost the efficacy of the supplements that you're taking. And so that's, it's simple. It's simple. It's like, and especially for women with infertility that have been through IVF because of their PCOS, a lot of these, right. A lot of women, I mean, that's what we find. It's, you know, there are a lot of times it is PCOS or a smoldering insulin resistance and so on and so forth. So women that have been refractory to IVF and even women that have just been struggling on average for a few years, right? And they and some that have done IUI or not, this is going to improve your chances of getting pregnant to 75%. And I don't know wow. if you guys know, but but even the average woman that is at a healthy age, like under 35 years old, their chances, even after one IVF, is only 29.5% of getting pregnant. So this is increasing that chance by, what is that? Like three, uh, three and a half fold. Yeah. Three, uh, no, two and a half fold. Wow. And yeah. this was the research studies that you were telling us before the podcast started, right? Yeah. So Microgenesis is the biotechnology company. Um, and the two women that own the company, they're both PhDs and they specialize in fertility, microbiology, immunology. And they had done the bench research for this for 15 years. And then they they brought it to clinical trials and they've studied over 3000 women. And this is the rate that they keep replicating is a 75% uh, success rate. That's amazing because you would never think like, you know, like fertility and your gut microbiome are connected or like, I, I would have never thought that I'm sure many, like majority of the listeners never thought there was a connection between the two. 
I'm sure this was like a maybe like a shock to the community. I, I hope it was, or I hope people like read about it or are like learning about it. I hope fertility doctors or fertility clinics are learning about this because I, I this is the first time I think I'm hearing about it. Time about you? I mean, a 75% success rate is so incredible, especially because there are so many women with PCOS out there doing IVF and not seeing results and not addressing root issues because they don't even know where to begin because their doctors don't know where to begin because the first thing they're told is just take birth control. And then when you want to have a baby and get pregnant, IVF, and if it works, it works and we'll figure it out or we'll just keep doing it over and over. First of all, to go on birth. I mean, that that's a whole other discussion for another time. Oh my God, tell us. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's just suppressing what your body needs. And again, you're not going after the root cause. And then you're, yeah. you're affecting things like sex hormone binding globule. Like all of these things are being negatively impacted from going on the pill if you don't really need to be on it. So it's funny when you said it was a shock. To me, it's not shocking. It makes complete sense. Complete sense. Yeah. All chronic disease is coming from the gut. We know that 95% of all disease begins from the gut. And infertility is just an early manifestation or an expression of a chronic disease process. So by us understanding this now, and again, I was saying to this, you know, telling you this before, by us understanding this, yes, are we going to be able to have a healthy baby and a healthy pregnancy? Right. But guess what? You're changing the trajectory of that woman's health. This is their clue to say something's not right. You have some sort of smoldering autoimmune process, PCOS, endometriosis, whatever it is, Hashimoto's, the list goes on. And now we can we can remedy that and really restore health and balance, teach these women self-care, you know, understanding what they need to do, what's right for their bodies so that they can then, you know, go on to have other children after this pregnancy and just have a healthy life in general. Right. And a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Healthy, right. That's because I mean, that's, that's right. the other thing. Even if you do get pregnant on IVF and whatever it takes, you okay, you got pregnant, but is it gonna be a healthy pregnancy for you? You know, are you gonna be okay? Yeah, I mean there are elevated during those there are elevated rates of miscarriages, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for PCOS women as well. Gestational right. diabetes. So they showed they showed in their research, they also looked at this as an outcome too, just so you know, that their success rate of con- like not just conception of carrying to term was significantly was statistically significantly higher than women that just go through IVF. Mm. Yeah. So it was very impressive. So right, yeah. it's just not about getting pregnant, it's about having a healthy pregnancy and having a healthy baby. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think overall too for anyone who's not looking to get pregnant, I think it's just a really good thing to do just to get your body in sync and healthy and Yeah, because I, like you said, uh, infertility and these hormonal issues are just like the first sign that something's wrong yeah. and something's going to be more wrong if you don't address it. So don't yeah. wait till you want to have a kid. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It, you know, there's like three buckets to this whole thing. It, it's, it's sort of like, you know, women that have been refractory to IVF, they should definitely do this. Women that are struggling to get pregnant that maybe have dabbled with IUI or haven't. And then the third bucket is what you just said, like just getting yourself healthier, setting yourself up for success, optimizing health. And then even if you're young, you're setting your body up for a successful conception then going forward. Absolutely. And what's the the website for anyone who's interested? Could they 
could they find this online so and they go, order? Yeah, so we have, yeah, so if they go to terrain health, terrain health, T-E-R-A-I-N health, all one word, dot org, all the information for this testing and microgenesis is there. We offer complimentary discovery calls, free discovery calls for whoever wants to learn more about it before committing to it. So we're more than happy to do that. We love doing that actually. And, you know, just in general, you know, they can call for, if it's not just about infertility, any type of health issues or, you know, that we talked about, we address all that. Amazing. And is there a version for, I'm just curious for myself, is there a version that I could take as well that I, so I can learn about my gut, gut microbiome? So it's so funny. I am also working with another person. So they haven't, they're in the midst of doing the male version, you know, uh-huh. for men. So I will let you know as soon as okay. that, but we should keep in touch because I also work with another, I'm also starting to collaborate with another PhD scientist who is able to also isolate, you know, and look at your specific microbiome and figure out what you're missing and replace as well. So that could be something okay. we, could do. we could do that. We could do that and talk about, yeah, we should do that. And then we could do a whole podcast about it. That'd be How great. Fun. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And I just have one side question before we before we end the episode is sure. so we're in Italy and we're trying to kind of like like quote unquote eat healthy and like not overload on carbs from the pasta and stuff. And like one thing we're running into is there's a lot of like tartar, like a lot of raw meat here. And I mean we love tartar. It's great, but like is it bad to eat that too much or like every day like is that like a could have a yeah could have a negative effect i mean is it only is it only meat or is it also like fish fish yeah there's also fish there's like there's like shrimp tartare there's I um, i think if you're mixing it up it should be fine you know again too much meat i mean i i'm fine with meat you know grass and i feel like especially in italy it's a lot of regenerative farming where all the animals are basically out to pasture and grazing from the minute they're born which is super important, which doesn't really happen here, unfortunately. Mm. So you're eating really good quality meat, right? But I say to everyone, when you build your plate, and I'm sure you guys are so good at doing this, you really want to have like all the colors of the rainbow in like those vegetables, if you're adding some fruit and the legumes and grains, like that should be like the major part of your plate, like it to be more whole foods, like to be more plant centric. And then the protein, if you have the animal protein, that should just be the smaller part of the plate. Okay. And that you're doing a good job of feeding your gut microbiome. <laughs> all right. That's good. That's good. Now good I feel know. a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We will put all, for anyone listening, all the information, the website for testing and to to get in yeah. contact with Dr. Rose will be in the podcast episode description. So just head over there to go there directly. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to having you back on for another episode. I know I am excited. I love you guys. This is great. I'm excited to work with you more and do some cool stuff like this so yes oh, oh, and what was you. your instagram so everyone can follow you there too oh, instagram is doctor so dr period robin rose r-o-b-i-n-r-o-s-e all one and all the information for that for my for all these things we talked about in my link tree it's all there too and to also sign up for free discovery calls and then perfect terrain health we also have terrain health it's go terrain health is the handle for terrain health Awesome. Okay, perfect. I will we will put that in the description All as right, well. Listen, have a great rest of your trip and enjoy. And thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Right.
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS, from stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.